Hey guys, my name is Andres with Camp K9 Training. I wanted to start uh, a podcast to be able to uh, give information out uh, to clients. Um, there's a lot of things out in the internet. There's a lot of trainers with different philosophies and different kind of techniques and tick and trips. Um, and I just want to be able to get my information out there. I've been I've been training uh, for a little bit now, and I'm, I'm running a successful business. And um, I want to share kind of my story and and be able to help other clients uh, via podcast, via YouTube, how to videos, or or even uh, some of my Facebook. So um, this first episode, I really just wanted to be a little bit of my background in my training philosophy, and as I do more podcasts, I want to uh, give you more insight on things like picking a puppy out and utilizing collars and equipment and the use for each of those things um, to get the best results out of things. Um, then we can move into uh, basic obedience and advanced obedience and uh, we can talk about you know police canine narcotics and scent and detection uh, all the way to aggression. So I want to make these um, sort of short so that we stay on topic. Uh, and then later on, as the podcast grows, then we can start having people call and leaving the messages and and, and I can answer those, you know, through the episodes and, and all the good stuff. So um, to give you a little bit of my background, again, my name is Andres. Um, I've been training for probably three or four years now. I kind of stumbled upon the industry. Um, I got a Siberian Husky. I just bought her off of Craigslist. I thought it was a great idea at the time. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. And she was running away at a very young age. I mean, she was like, I would, I want to say probably 10, 11 weeks old. And she was already running away. Um, she had severe, uh, food resource guarding. Um, and it was, it, I had really had no idea what I was getting myself into. Now, knowing all the stuff that I know, I got a working dog and I was just working probably 60 hours a week. And I just wanted a dog because I thought it was a good idea. Um, so I definitely learned about this and I called a couple trainers. I try to read as much as I could online and I never found a definite answer. It was always, well, you got a Husky. What'd you expect? Um, they're wrong bushes. You can't train them. They can't be off leash. That's what you get for not doing your research. Um, and I got a, a I got a, a lot of backlash for it. And after digging in and doing more research and talking to the right people and looking at um, how to videos, I ended up having my dog off leash uh, by the time she was probably four or five months old. And we got rid of the resource guarding. She loved other people. She loved other dogs. I was able to take her places. And it got to the point where I would go places and people would come up to me and say, wow, your dog is amazing. Can I have a business card? And I was like, no, I'm not a dog trainer. This is just the things that I did. And as more and more people kept asking me, it was kind of like, maybe I should do this for a living. Um, so I decided to take uh, this to the next level. I didn't want to kind of half-ass anything. So I went to Tom Rose School for Dog Trainers, which is a very, 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 uh, it's pretty much directed to four dog trainers. And, and it's a, depending on the program that you select, it could be anywhere from four to five or six months um, of just strictly dog training. Six days a week, you learn anything from just basic puppy 
picking all the way up to sentence tracking, narcotics, police, canine, personal protection, uh, agility. I mean, you name it, we learn it through this program. Um, and through the program, uh, I ended up acquiring two Belgian Malinois, which ended up becoming my working dogs. Um, one is Eros, the other one is Chaos. Um, and these guys came back and I came back from St. Louis um, back to North Carolina. Probably these guys had to be about 20 or 22 weeks old and they were already off leash. Um, and I started uh, the actual business with clients and everything else. And, and and that's what I've been doing. And I do this now, you know, for a living and, it, and I love what I do. And, and I want to be able to share everything that I've learned with other people. Um, so now that I learned to train at that level and know those techniques, it's extremely easy for me to stop 90% of the behaviors that I get called for jumping, leash pulling, barking, running away, etc. Right. Um, because 70% of the training I do from what I've learned is really from, for humans. We have so much control over these pups um, and it's just the little things that we do that make behaviors and changes very rapidly or it can make things worse. Um, so, yeah, 70 percent of the training I do is for humans. Since we're in on the subject of kind of talking about training and, 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 and doing that, I, I'll cover my training philosophy so you guys get a, a very good idea of how I do things. Um, and then. This will come in handy in future episodes because you'll see kind of the terminology and everything else. So my training philosophy is very, very, very straightforward. Whether I'm training a six-week-old puppy, a 15-year-old dog, a five-pound dog, or a 150-pound dog, doesn't matter the age, size, or breed, I utilize the same three training pillars. And those are going to be timing, motivation, and consistency. So with timing... We only have 1.3 seconds for dogs to associate cause and effect. So dogs have absolutely amazing memory, great memory, but they can only associate cause and effect within a 1.3 second window, which means that I need to be able to catch the behaviors that these guys are doing very, very fast. Um, we just have that 1.3 second window. So if they sit, then we need to say yes and reward immediately. Um, if they are jumping on me, then I need to say no and correct immediately. I can't correct my dog for jumping on me three days ago. I can't give them a treat because they were a really good boy or really good girl at the vet three days ago, right? We need to catch these as they happen with motivation. We can use positive or negative. So with negative motivation, we can use a leash. We can use a pinch collar or we can use an e-collar. Now, the only e-collar that I like to use is from e-collar technologies or Doctra. Um, and if you've ever had physical therapy, these are exactly like TENS units. And these TENS units have 100 different levels into which I can communicate with my dog. So we can say, hey, bud, you're getting a little too far. I need you to come back. And it would feel like a tap on the shoulder. Or I could say, hey, I really need you to stop jumping, barking, lunging, counter surfing, trash digging, eating poop fence fighting, whatever, we can be able to go up and give a correction for it. Um, now, the way I treat negative motivation, the way I treat corrections is just like speeding tickets. So if you're driving down the road and I give you a 50 cent speeding ticket, you're going to be really annoyed. If I give you a $10,000 fine, you're never going to drive again. But if I give you a 200 
$100 fine, you're going to slow down. Now, if I pull Bill Gates over and I give him a $10,000 fine, the guy is going to write me a check on the spot, right? So every dog, every person has a different bank account, right? So obviously you guys know I have my two Belgian Malinois, Chaos and Eros, and they also have a Siberian Husky and her name's Zoe. So my Belgians, uh, one works at a seven out of a hundred on the e-collar. The other one works at a 10 out of a hundred on the e-collar. And then my Husky wears a pinch collar and works at an 85 out of a hundred, right? So every dog is completely different. But the reason why I like dog Troy, the reason why I like e-collar technologies is because they have a hundred or 127 if you have dog levels and it allows me to communicate with dogs. Most e-collars that you find out in pet stores, online, whatever the case may be, only have 10, 12, and I've seen some that have about 30 levels. So for me, it, it would be really hard for me to utilize some of these collars that are in the market because I'm going to overcorrect one of my dogs and I'm going to undercorrect another one of my dogs. I don't want to overcorrect and shut a dog down. I don't want to undercorrect and be the nagging mom. I just want to be able to stop the behavior. And then once the behavior stops, then I can reward with positive motivation. So once we once we have the behavior that we love, then we can reward food, toys, affection. Now, through the beginning stages up to about 16 and 18 weeks of age, I like to do a lot of positive, right? So it's going to be a lot of food, a lot of toys, a lot of affection. Um, and then once we pass that kind of stage, then I like to start just using affection, and the reason being it's because I don't always want to have to bribe my dog to do something. I don't want to say, hey, bud, I need you to sit and then I'll give you a treat. Like, I just want you to do it because I asked you the first time, right? Um, notice that when I talked about motivating my dog, is it something physical? Giving a correction on a leash, pinch, e-collar, giving, food, toys, or affection. So extremely important to understand that when you motivate your dog, you have to do it physically, right? If I just say, that's such a good boy, that's a really good sit, but I never back it up with to food, toys, or affection. That's like me giving you a high five on Friday when I was supposed to give you a paycheck, right? So high fives are awesome, but high fives don't pay the electric bill. So high fives will only take you so far. On the negative side of things, if I just keep telling my dog, stop jumping, stop pulling, stop barking, stop, 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 but I never back it up. That's like me telling you that I'm going to write you up for being late to work and never actually doing it. Right? So if there wasn't a consequence, the behavior is not going to change. So very important to say no, and back it up with a leash, back it up with an e-collar or say yes and back it up with food, back it up with, a, with affection. But don't just sit there and say no or say yes, because it's not going to change anything. And then the most important aspect of training, just like everything else in life, is consistency. We need to be able to stay consistent long enough to build habits. And then once we build habits, then we don't have to worry about things as much. Right. So. The way I treat kind of consistency and, and, and treat habits and what I tell my clients is, listen, I want you to, te to, to, to think of me as a personal trainer. Think of dog training like a personal trainer. You can go to the gym. Your trainer can tell you what to eat. Your trainer can tell you how much to run. Your trainer can tell you how much to lift. But if you leave the gym and you go to a fast food joint and you stuff your face with burgers and fries, then you're not staying consistent. It's not you're not doing anything right. So it's extremely important to be able to stay consistent throughout everything, 
no point in just doing a little bit here and then slacking on the other side, right? Stay consistent long enough until you build habits, right? So that's my training philosophy. Um, what I want you guys uh, to do is if you guys have any questions or anything, feel free to send me a message. Feel free to call in and leave um, a message. Um, and for the next week's episode, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about selecting the right puppy. Um, now that you guys understand a little bit of, of my training philosophy, um, then you'll have a better idea of kind of how I do things. Um, so again, next week will be about picking puppies. I'll also have a video uh, on my YouTube page about that. Um, so go and check that out. Hope you guys enjoy it.